When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. My next guest, he's an owner, executive chef, that means food, of several very popular restaurants. He was born and raised in St. Petersburg, Florida, and attended college at the University of Florida. That means he's a, he's a gator? That means he's a gator? Okay, all right. SEC? Okay, cool. After graduating with a dual degree in business administration and sports management, he decided to enroll in culinary school. Okay, now that's a, that's a switch now. Please welcome. He's here to tell his story and the, all the success he's had over the years since he's graduated with that culinary degree. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Eduardo Jordan. Thank you for having me. My man. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, pretty good. Yes, where, where, are you, where are you at right now? Where are you calling from right now? I'm, 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 I'm in Seattle, Washington. I'm home before I'm headed to work. Seattle, yeah. Washington. Now, I've been to Seattle a couple of times. I used to do stand-up comedy. I went up there way back in the day, did some jokes up there. I stopped in there when I was going to Vancouver for a cruise. Okay. So, uh, But I'm going to tell you something. Let's let's talk a little bit about you before we get to this this, this <laughs> menu that that that, uh, that really— uh, and I'm already told—I'm going to just tell you this, Eduardo. Um, I'm, I'm, you're going to see me before the year out, brother. Heard that. You're going to see Heard me that. before the year out. I'm going to let everybody know. You're going to find out why. Why I'm going to go up there with my wife. She's already she's already signed off. She's <laughs> she's going to be coming up there. With, so we got to get a day. Do you have a chef table at your restaurants? Uh, we, we will make a table for you. There Don't you worry go. about that. There you go. Okay, cool. Let, let's talk about the beginning. Because I talked about, uh, 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 we talked about the, the degrees in uh, business administration 
and that still help, that still helps you out now because you're you're you know your your owner, your entrepreneur. So that degree in the business administration does help you out. Then you went into sports management. How did the whole culinary part of your life start to rise to the top? Well, you know, I I honestly I started with food at the age of nine. Um, you know, food has always been um, an intimate part of like uh, my experience growing up. Um, you know, when I was nine years old, my mom put me in the kitchen because she noticed that I had an interest for food because I was always asking my grandmother questions. Uh, my grandmother's a, a southerner. She's originally from Cairo, Georgia. And, um, you know, her specialty was cooking big old lavish meals for the family and friends to come over and hang out at her house, mm-hmm. um, you know, for family reunions, after church, you mm-hmm. know, all the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all about grandma. And so, you know, I took an interest into food then and there. And I guess that kind of, you know, played a role in my life later on when I was decided on the real direction that I wanted to go in on my true passion. Um, so it was all about like that, that foundation with mom and grandmother of like hospitality and food. Um, mom showing me around the kitchen, my mom giving me my first cookbook at probably like the age of 10 or 11. I don't remember the exact time period. Um, well, the question, that, that what, like, well, the question that will pop out is that you said since nine, why didn't you immediately yeah. go into that direction? Why did you go to? Oh man, um, you know it was it, it was kind of like you know the reality is um, you know my mom and my dad wanted me to go to college. I right. was the first person in my family to go to college, right? And we're talking about extended family too. Um, and so their mission was to make sure that I, you know, get an education, also get a degree that is gonna send me in <laughs> the path that they thought and believed. It's going to be great for me, you know, become a right. doctor, become a lawyer, become a sports agent or something that dictated high paying, well established job with benefits, et cetera. So um, their mission was just point me in the right direction. And cooking was definitely not the direction they assumed that I should be going in. Because let's um, be real. You know, you got a lot of cooks <laughs> out there, but don't have a lot of chefs of color out there. Color. Exactly. And, and the reality is, you know, um, culinary world is a very hard world. I mean, you're working, you know, 13, 14 hours a day, um, not getting paid the highest wages. And, um, you know, dollar for dollar, hour per hour, you're definitely working way more than most doctors and most lawyers for, you know, far less. So they saw, you know, me going to college as a, as a better direction for me. And they definitely encouraged me, like, you know, follow my dreams and everything, like cook, enjoy it. Go, go become a doctor, and then one day you can own your own restaurant while you're a doctor right? kind of thing. <laughs> okay, now, now, now so we're in Florida, having a good time. That's big football mm-hmm. powerhouse, basketball powerhouse. Oh, yes, so you, so you, then, then the cooking really is what you want to do. You, you've satisfied their expectation, their dreams. I always tell people, you can't report a degree. So I love it. I Correct. love the fact. My degree is in mathematics. You can't, they can't come in and go, you know something? That degree off the wall, we're going to take that degree off the wall. We're going to take it away from it. No, you can't do that. Can't do it. Once that degree hits that wall and you say I'm out, we good. We good. Yeah. I, don't care. I don't care what that college loan is. We good. We good. <laughs> and so so the beauty of what you're at right now is that I, I, I love this conversation because it talks about defining your path. It talks about right. understanding that I, I, can, I can accomplish many things, but all those are things that I really want to do. And so mm-hmm. cooking is what you really wanted to do. And so... I was, here's the thing that we want to talk about, because climbing the ladder to be a chef, humbleness, mm-hmm. low pay, long hours, again, humbleness, 
You know, yeah. sometimes you're being bullied because people yeah. have power over you and you have to be totally. able to navigate that. And then you're a person of color. So there's a lot of Correct. questions. Then you stigmatize. There's, there's a lot of barriers. Yeah, you, you stigmatize, you know, what, what, especially if you want to go outside of what they think you can do. You know Correct. what I'm saying? So, so just talk about that journey a little bit there. Eduardo. Yeah, I mean it was a it was a it was a hard, very strenuous, humbling journey. You mm -hmm. know, I, I ended up going to culinary school um, after graduating from the University of Florida, so I was a little bit older than most people in culinary school. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think I was like twenty five years old. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I'm looking like an elder compared to the sixteen <laughs> and seventeen year olds. Um, but I was extremely focused, and and I realized like in culinary school that was a reality check. You know, it was. We probably had ten percent of people of color there, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and out of out of that ten percent, probably five percent graduated. Right of mm -hmm. that five percent that graduated, two percent ended up finding a decent job. Right, mm -hmm. and out of that two percent, you got me, the one percent that is still remaining that I know of. Right, mm -hmm. um, and so that was pretty much my my journey and my path because as I ended up going, you know, to get. You know, distinguished jobs at distinguished locations. I, I ended up becoming an intern or apprenticeship at the French Laundry in Napa Valley. You know, one of the most pre prestigious restaurants in the in the in the world, right? I should say, but definitely in this country. Um, you know, that was that was that was the stepping stone to my career. But at that at that same time, I realized that you know I was two percent again of of that organization. You know, it wasn't many people of color there, right? And as I progressed in my career, you know. I had to humble myself more because I was in the fine dining world. And as you move up in that ladder of cuisine, the style of cuisine, you know, the level of, of restaurant, you realize that that percentage trickles down more and more with people of color, women, uh, minorities, et cetera. Um, and the reality check was that, you know, it was a white chef's world for me. Absolutely. I was running in. And that's a, that's and an so, honest statement mm -hmm. to talk about, you know, not, not because it, you know, because of the fact that the reality is, is no, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. And that's well, correct. Walk, walk when you go, you see, you see food being brought out and then, being, then people complain. And sometimes that's when I, a lot of times, for some reason, chefs always come to my table, you know, I guess, cause I just yeah. love food. They go, how's, how's everything <laughs> going? So you're like, is your meal good? I go, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. And I will send food back now. If I don't yeah. like it, I just hey, dude, I'm sorry. This, this is not working for me today. Not working yeah, for me you're today. You're paying for it. Absolutely. You should, you should <laughs> Absolutely. Now, let's talk about, because I wanted to get that part of the story out, that part of the journey out, because I want to talk about the uniqueness of your success story, and it, mm -hmm. and it continues to grow. Explain to everybody okay. the James Beard Award. Oh, man. So, you know, think about the Emmys and the Oscars, um, and the James Beard is just as equal for the culinary world um, as those prestigious awards. Um, it, it, the foundation was started, you know, to recognize the culinary arts world, chefs, restaurateurs, um, industry movers and shakers um, by distinguishing them with once a year honoring the best of the best. And, you know, I'm can say I'm fairly blessed with the fact Come on that now. Come on now. Talk to us, Eduardo. <laughs> Tell us what you got, man. I set fairly, you up fairly now. Blessed. <laughs> with, two, with two distinguished awards in one year, which is unheard of, you know, for one, for one minority to um, achieve that award in one year, it's, it's a feat on its own, but to, to achieve two recognitions for Best Chef um, Northwest and Best New Restaurant in the Country, James, for... Um, 
um, June Baby, it you know that it was just mind blowing. It, it was out of the universe. It was unheard of. You know, mm-hmm. the first time that ever has happened. Right. You know, I have a lot of I have a lot of firsts in my in my in my career, and I and I strive and pride myself mm-hmm. on being first. I was the first black chef ever to grace the cover of Food and Wine magazine as best new chef mm-hmm. in 2016. You know mm-hmm. that that that's pretty huge. You think about at least some of the culinary. Uh, Dignitaries that have have walked walked around here. You got you know you got Marcus Samuelson, mm-hmm. Patrick Clark. Mm-hmm. Um, you know you got some very distinguished black chefs that have done great things that have not ever made it to that cover of that magazine. And that's that's you know that was a big honor. That was a big big, big piece deal. in the start of, of of people recognizing and 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 realizing the talent that right. I had. Yeah. How many restaurants do you so, have right now? How many restaurants? Do you I, have? I have three restaurants, mm-hmm. um, and my first restaurant was open four years ago in the name of it's Solari Restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, the significance about Solari Restaurant was, um, as an African-American, you know, people expected and assumed that I was going to open eight particular restaurants. Right. <laughs> um, and, and, and that was a misconception because, you know, I, I am a culinary professional. I, I went to culinary school. I trained with the best of the best. I've... I've, I've worked in the same number of hours as some of the best I've worked. I've put in an amount of years. Uh, I've, I've cried. I've bled. I've sweated. I've stressed out. I've done all of that. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I needed someone to do is just make their own assumption or send me down their own rabbit hole or their pigeon, pigeonholing me right. mm-hmm. into what they assume. And so I opened up Solari Restaurant to actually kind of flex my culinary muscles because I'm trained in French cuisine. I've studied go. Italian there cuisine. Go. There you go. I have a Southern background. I have a foundation that's better than most chefs because I actually know how to taste and season because I come from <laughs> Southern Southern dialect. You know, talk so, talk now. <laughs> and so, so it was very, very, very important for me to actually express who I was as a culinary professional, right. as a chef, mm-hmm. and not necessarily a chef of color. You know, that came. That, that came in due time. That was coming in due time, I, I should say. Um, and so, um, Solari Restaurant, my first restaurant, was. Um, we're gonna hold that thought right quick. My, we're gonna go to the next. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go to a break, Eduardo, and we're gonna talk about the next two restaurants. We're gonna save June Baby for last. Okay, we're gonna bring it back and talk about that third restaurant. But June Baby gonna be the restaurant I'm coming up to Seattle to visit you for. Okay, be right back with more money making conversation, my man, James Beard, the cover. Culinary genius. <laughs> Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. You're listening to Money Making Conversation. My guest, uh, we, we, that I was speaking, I've been speaking to, is the owner, executive uh, chef of several very popular, three in particular, in the Seattle area. Um, we've been speaking about his history. We've been speaking about his journey, about finding focus as to who he is today. You know. Uh, as you go through life, people will have a plan for you. And his plan from his parent and from his relatives and his extended family was to go to school. He did that. Business administration, sports management. But along the way, he realized that really wasn't where his heart was at. Since nine years old, he had been uh, he had been invested in the food, the whole process. And uh, just watching and observing at 25 years of age, he went to culinary school, which has now led to him having three restaurants Having a James being honored by James Beard, uh, this is really important because he's a person of color. Uh, please welcome back to the call, Eduardo Jordan. Thank you. 
Now, let's talk yeah. about uh, Lucienda. I believe it's Lucienda Grain Bar. Let's talk about that. Yeah, uh, Lucienda Grain Bar. Lucienda, um, I apologize. Is, Lucienda. It's, it's, it's my third restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and it's an extension of my first two restaurants. Mm-hmm. It, it is um, my my pastry kitchen, my commissary kitchen, and also a full-service bar and restaurant. And um, we focus on ancient grains there. Um, we're talking about, like, einkorn and spelt and barley, um, rice and various pseudo grains, uh, millet and um, yeah, spell. Uh, sorry, millet and sorghum. You know things of that nature. Um, very old world grains. We're focused on um, serving there. And um, and so now, then, then that leads us to the third restaurant, June mm-hmm. Baby. Let's talk about the name. Where did that the name of the restaurant come from? <laughs> Before we get into the menu, uh, let's talk about that first. Yeah, totally. I mean. June Baby, it's, it's my dad. That's my dad's nickname. That was his childhood nickname. Um, he'll run through the streets, and, you know, you, you'll hear from stories I've been told. Um, you know, they'll yell to him, June Baby, come on back over here. <laughs> if that ain't soft. If that ain't soft. <laughs> June Baby! And That's so, how they said it, though. That, I'm telling you how they said it. June Baby! Exactly. Now, if it's, over here. There you go. We're going to leave some words out when he was late. Though. June Baby, if you don't get your... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And, you know, I, I really wanted to have a restaurant that represented um, my family, my history, my culture. Uh, my dad, I, I rarely talk about my dad when I talk about food, but my dad has played a very intimate part in, um, you know, teaching me how to cook. And I was outside cooking over fire and smoking meats and um, butchering. Um, and so, you know, I wanted to pay homage to him when I created June Baby Restaurant, which is um, more tells the culinary story of my grandma and my mom, um, but the name um, is, is it comes from my father. Awesome, awesome. Now, uh, yeah, I've always, you know, I, I, the, the questions are always sent to me for the interview, but I always do extra. I always try to really personalize <laughs> my approach, and so I went online and I went to his social media and I saw some pig feet. <laughs> pig feet. I said, mm, pig yes, feet. sir. Pig feet. Yeah. Now, see, see. Okay, now, now you're hitting home with now. Yes, pig feet. Food, food that I grew up with. Uh, as, and, as did I. So, so, but it had 359 <laughs> likes. So he wasn't scaring people <laughs> off now with those pig feet. Now, uh, uh-uh, not at all. <laughs> so it's bringing back, it's bringing back memories. <laughs> so, I'm so like, let me talk a little bit. Of, let me talk a little bit about June baby. First okay, of all. there you go. There you go. <laughs> so, so when I opened up June baby, people people thought that was the restaurant that I should have opened up first, but uh-huh. I opened up Solari. Mm-hmm. What? made me open up a second restaurant, second restaurant, which was June baby was actually a business decision and not, not a desire to actually showcase my cuisine, my food, my culture. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I came to the conclusion that I'm going to open up a restaurant, a second restaurant focused on my Southern background, um, something really struck me in the fact that like Southern food was a cool thing now. Like it was trending. Everyone's like craving Southern food. And when I looked at all the, culinary folks out there serving uh, Southern food, 97% of them were white chefs. Right. And it, it, it struck my heart and it struck my soul that there wasn't many restaurants of the caliber of restaurant that I wanted to create that was ran, planned, and, and, and organized by a chef of color and mm-hmm. told by a chef of color because right. a chef of color cuisine is a lot different than a chef of no color cuisine. Absolutely. And so there's a story that I needed to tell about Southern food 
but soul food from my perspective. And brother, you have to, you are telling that story. Let me just I'm gonna just <laughs> rattle off some of the items. Then we're gonna go back in detail. That's in his menu. Port cracklings. Mm-hmm. I'm tell you. Yes, sir. Grew up on that. Port crackling. Grew mm-hmm. up on that. Mm-hmm. Then he got chicken gizzards. <laughs> I, I've never seen chicken gizzards anywhere. Chicken gizzards right there. <laughs> okay. Okay. Then he goes to traditional oxtail and brisk and brisk brisket stew. Got that. Got that. Fried catfish. You know, you got something to keep you keep you keep you stable just in case you're not ready for yeah, everything else. Yeah. Then he comes on down to collard greens. He got you stable there, right there. Beignets. Now, I'm telling you, the beignets got to be right now. The, yes, sir. I'm, I'm going to do all this, boy. <laughs> the beignets got to be right. Then you go on the next page to oxtails again, you know. Mama Jordan's oxtails. Smoked mm-hmm. turkey. Hog maw. Now. Yes, sir. I'm going to tell you something, brother. What what, what you know about hog maw? I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. What do you know? You know, you might be faking them out up there. That's why I'm coming up there. You might be selling them some bad hog mouth. You know, some homemade hog mouth. Some hog mouth that you think is hog mouth. When Rashawn McDonald come up to Seattle, I'm going to tell you if your hog mouth is right. Show you a little something up here in Seattle. Absolutely, brother. Well, I saw hog mouth. And then all of a sudden, he scared me to death when I saw chitlins. Chitlins, baby. That is, that is the story of June, baby, man. It's, it's food that I grew up on. Um, we ate a lot of chitlins in my in my household. Not in my mom. My grand my mom ate chitlins, but my grandmother and my dad, you know, chitlins was a thing. And I grew up on a lot of chitlins. And I strayed away from chitlins and telling the story of chitlins for many years because I had like an incident in school where I told someone what I ate, and they frowned it up and made made fun of me and, mm-hmm. and talked bad about like my mm-hmm. food. Mm-hmm. And I literally like just stopped talking about my my history. Right. And now I have an outlet to tell people the story of Southern food, what I grew up on, the realities, the good and bad of soul food, Southern food, Southern ingredients. And and it's a beautiful thing now, you know. I, I, I'm able to express myself, truly. You, and you're expressing it in a very tasteful uh, culinary way. Because, like I said, mm-hmm. you know, I go to soul food places to get the chitlins, okay? Now, yes, do you put you, you bring it out with serving with white rice? I do. See, he my man. Hot sauce? Yeah, hot sauce all day, baby. We make our we make our hot sauce too. <laughs> oh, you scare me! And gotta have that cornbread, right? Gotta have that cornbread, right? Yes, sir. See, 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 see. And we we the, we the real deal. We so far away from the south, but <laughs> you, you 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 got me here telling my story, and and, and people question also like my southern background because I'm from Florida. They're like, boy, that's not the south. Well, let me tell you something, man. You know how many people migrated just to escape the south? And their story is still being told everywhere. You know, we got we got Southerners from Georgia that go all the way to Texas. You got Southerners from from North Carolina that go down to New, uh, New Orleans and Louisiana. So um, the migration is real. And so I, I'm a I'm a Southerner that migrated all the way to Seattle, and I'm still able to tell my story. So it makes me feel good that I, I'm able to educate people here in Seattle and also give people who are traveling right. Some some comfort, some right. some homage, some some homage. Well, you know, it's, it's really it's that, really great just hearing the the, the food selection. It's really man, I, I'm just fantasizing because you you're taking me back to my childhood because of the fact that yes, again these are selections that are rare in a in a in a restaurant. And if you go and to definitely in a restaurant of my caliber, absolutely. Oh, unheard of. First of all, that's unheard of. Let's go and put it be there. But like I said, when he got desserts too, y'all, because I'm a dessert I'm a, I'm a dessert nut. He got the apple peach ice cream sandwich. He got the peach and blueberry. Blueberries. I'm going to tell you something, man. See, you got me a blueberry right there, Dwight. 
Blue, my, my dad used to take me out, man, and we used to go pull blueberries. Get and make the them, Come on, we out there, pick them, and he watch that, that, that snake over there, boy. Don't go over there. The <laughs> snake spit over there. Don't go over there. He's going to get bit. Yes, uh, you, know what I'm talking about. you know what I'm talking about. You know, exactly. And, and, you know, to think about the process, it, it feels like when I, when I talk about your story, I talk about the restaurant, I talk about the experience, do you get a lot of that from your customers who come into your restaurant? Um. We do. I do. I, um, you know, I get people that have migrated from the South and they live here in Seattle and, and they just, they're, they're over the top. I've had people with tears in their eyes and how they mm-hmm. remember their auntie or their grandma mm-hmm. their mom. And mm-hmm. the last time they had a, a sweet potato pie like this, it was like, you know, the last time they saw their grandma. Right. Um, and, 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 it, and it's, 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 that's the kind of hospitality I want to give. I want to make you feel like you in my home and you, you actually eating eating at my table, right. you know, and these are actually my table. So I right. just want this to be an extension of my home. Okay. So yeah, we get that. You know, I also yeah. had to educate a lot of people about the food because people had their misconception of what Southern food and, and soul food was is as of, you know, one meat and three sides and, and dropping on a tray. And Absolutely. That's not- that's, no. that's not the truth. Oh, my God. You goodness. know, that's so much more to it. You're telling the truth. I'm going to tell you something. Uh, you know, I'm going to start out. I, I love cornbread. I'm sh- I'm sure you're serving it warm. So I'm going to start out with yes, my, sir. My, my cast iron flint cornbread. I got, got to start out with that right there. I got to roll into the gizzards, okay? And I'm also mm-hmm. telling this, I'm gonna tell this, tell you this about me. I always eat my dessert first. So I'm going to get those beignets. Oh, really? I'm going to get those beignets up front. I'm going to get those beignets right. up front, okay? I'm going to get those beignets up front, and I'm going to grab that peach and blueberry, Betty. Get that up front. We're gonna be, it is so we, good. We're going to be rocking and rolling right there. Then, because I'm a, I'm, I'm a sampler, so, you know, you, uh-huh. you'll see me, you know, you go, how do you eat all that food? I'm going to take care of this, okay? And I I, I got to get the chitlins and the rice and the white rice. Yes, you already got the cornbread, so you're just going to drop that. You're going to drop me some drop more cornbreads. And then you uh-huh. already got the collard greens. Going to get that mac and cheese, that mac and cheese. And see, yeah. what I forgot to mention about the collard greens, it comes with ham hocks. Uh huh. The real deal. You know, see, we're not faking it. <laughs> ham hock. See, see, see. I'm just we throwing out a little. I'm just throwing out a little, a little extra love to this menu because I'm just letting him know I got the menu. <laughs> just letting you know, Eduardo. I printed out this menu. I came in here to let you know I love what you do. Keep doing Thank what you. you're doing. You will see me this year. Uh, Samantha, I'm gonna reach it. out to you. Gonna it's gonna be on the weekend. I'm gonna come up there. Uh, we're gonna have a good time. We're gonna laugh, man, and, uh, and yes, we're gonna eat and we're gonna tell stories. And I'm gonna support your brand. And congratulations for breaking that glass it. ceiling. And uh, and I'm gonna keep supporting you, man. And you got something going on that's special, and you are very special. Thank you for doing my show, Money Making Conversations. Thank you. 